0: Love talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John
1: Sullivan. It's Bab like
0: Michael Thompson talking to the phenomenal AJ Styles and
1: Charles Johnson. Psycho Killer Kamasa Champa. This
2: is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to SportsCast Radio. SportsCast Radio. Welcome to SportsCast Radio. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, get up watch your see, Once again we are back at your sportscast radio every Wednesday night, ten PM Central Standard Time. Luke's already getting excited over there. Inch, are you itching your face again? No, I was itching
0: my face. I was itching my ear that time. <laughs>
1: the trend. Um I am I'm a little behind here. I have my I just finished my three strikes. I uh I'm getting our NFL picks ready. Um, I have I have Uber facts ready to go as well, but I do not have a real MVP. It has been a uh, it's been a fun evening watching that expansion draft, and then I realized that I didn't get the kid uh, hot pockets for tomorrow, so we had to make a 9 p.m. Hy-Vee rush. What flavor of
0: hot pockets you get though? Pepperoni. Oh, those aren't even the good ones. You gotta get the mozzarella with the meatballs.
1: I uh, I just I made sure he didn't get a uh, ham and cheese. Those wow. looked pretty trash. No, I was gonna get the, the protein ones, the protein four piece ones. Those look pretty fly. But I don't know. Yeah, well, I I mean I could use it. You know, I'm not I'm not a specimen.
0: I'm yeah, not what I to was,
1: <laughs> Luke. You are. You're a specimen.
0: Yeah, you could you could catch me on Monday Night Raw. My name's Bobby Lashley in the <laughs> wrestling world.
1: <laughs> I uh, I I'm trying to stay off of uh, Twitter as much as possible here, aside from uh, messaging our great guests. And uh, we we may I, you know I was talking to somebody earlier that 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 works uh, the host of the locked on kraken podcast and she's at the the event with media and we're trying to maybe get something set up. So there may be a third guest here tonight that'll just be an on the fly. But um expansion draft was fun tonight. Uh, not everybody I wanted, but I'm not mad at the team. They're gonna have a lot of salary cap too, with some of the picks I was a little uh little, little booger woofed about but
0: Who did they take from the wild?
1: Uh Carson Susi.
0: Oh, stupid! Why? 6'5",
1: oh, defenseman. Dude bangs. I mean, that was bad. Um, we can, you know, I can pull up. I don't need this anymore. Get the, get the rush. And they had some fun stuff. Marshawn Lynch was there. Sean Kemp was there. Uh, Gary Payton was there. Uh, it, was, it was kind of fun. Um, some, some of the, you know, Drager, we knew that from Florida. I, I mentioned that before, that, that that was why he was my pick. Cause they were already talking about having him a free agency. He showed up, actually, uh, a few of them did, in Jersey. Them jerseys are fly, man. Um, they took Kale and – um uh, it's a Kale Fleury from Montreal, and they also grabbed his, his brother, Hayden Fleury, from the Ducks. So, they got a nice little defensive pair. Adam Morrison, Mark Giordano. They got some good players. Car- uh, Kale Yarncro- Yarncrock from uh, – Nashville, not a bad one, but they got Alexiak from Dallas to partner with Susi. So I mean, they got six, seven, six, five defensemen. They, got to run they get could they get for goalie?
0: Did they get Holtby?
1: No, they took uh, Vitek uh, Vanisek from Washington. They took uh, Drager, which I told you they were going to take from day one, and mm-hmm. then they took uh, Joey DeCord from Ottawa. I, I was hoping for Malcolm Subban. Um, they took Yanni Gord from Tampa. They did take uh, Jordan Everly though from from the Islanders. That's a pretty nice nice take. But um, you know, I, like I said, they got Giordano. He'll probably be the captain. A fun little team. A lot of young guys. Um, you know they 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 went with that win together type group and skipped a lot of the superstars. No Tarasenko. No Price. No Van Riemsdyk. No Gossage Spear. Um, no Subban. You know a lot of that stuff, but. I don't. We'll, we'll dig into an hour or two here. I want to. I want to get this thing going because you know how much fun we like to have here. But uh, waiting on the line here, Jeff, you with us, sir? I am, man. I am. Awesome, awesome, ladies and gentlemen. Jeff Benedict coming with us here. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for all of our good listeners? I mean,
3: you pretty much just did it, right? My name is Jeff Benedict. <laughs> I, I am uh, a. a I, I run a couple of different uh, uh, websites for, for the fan side of network. Uh, yeah, man. Excited to be here with you guys tonight.
1: Glad to talk uh, Atlanta Falcons. Well, there were so many questions and we had the NFL draft going in. And this year we really took a deep dive in. We were having a lot of people in kind of, kind of talking draft. I remember I tried to touch base with you back then, because there were so many questions I had about this team and it was answered. And I think, you know, it might not be the sexiest pick all the time, but Kyle Pitts, man, this is a guy that I think could be the star of this team for 10-plus years. What's the thought getting Kyle Pitts in this roster?
3: You know, I'm going to be honest, man. I, I said back in February that I thought he was the pick. Um, you, you know, when, when new general manager Terry Fontenot came in, he said, I, my draft philosophy is the best player available. I uh, and, and At least in my opinion, coming into the draft, the best player was Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Kyle Pitts to me was number two. So if, if you were going to take the best player available, given how everybody was in love with all of these quarterbacks, I thought Kyle Pitts would be the guy. And uh, I'm going to be honest, guys, I'm excited he's here. Uh, I, I think people have gotten too caught up in the fact that – and label him a tight end. That dude's just a playmaker. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and he's doing things that nobody 6'5", 260 should be able to do. And so I'm excited to have him.
0: With the loss of Julio Jones this offseason getting traded to Tennessee, are you at all worried about this wide receiver core this season?
3: You know, I'm not. And here's why. One, because we we got a taste last year without Julio, right? Like, for the first time in, in like, five years, he missed more than one game. And I know that the, 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 the thought with Julio Jones is, oh, we don't want him because, you know, he's always injured. And then all of a sudden he goes, you know, he's announced to be on the market. Everybody's like, no, 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 we want him over here. And so – You know, last year without Julio missing, what, six, seven games that he missed, uh, we we got a really good idea of where kind of Matt is now as he's 36 years old entering his 14th year, and uh, I I just, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, And, and I know people are probably cringing as I say that because it's Julio, and he's still the best receiver in the league, in my opinion, no matter where he plays, right? But we have seen too many times in sports addition by subtraction. And and Matt Ryan has done a really good job his entire career of spreading the ball around. Uh, And and I know Matt Ryan takes a lot of stuff and everybody's like, yeah, he's always had Julio. Well, only 11% of Matt's total yards have been thrown to Julio, right? So Matt Ryan has spread the ball around his entire career. So not having Julio there doesn't suck. Of course it does. Again, he's the best wide receiver in the league. Uh, But Calvin Ridley, you know, took a huge step uh, last year. Russell Gage is a big guy. Uh, and then obviously you add Kyle Pitts, but a, a guy that I'm really excited about, not that he's going to replace Julio. I'm not saying that, but I, watch out for Frank Darby, the rookie out of Arizona state. I was really excited that he fell in the sixth round uh, and then, that the Falcons grabbed him. So
1: I think this wide receiver core is going to be really, really good. Is this a spot too where Julio became expendable because, you know, as you mentioned, Kyle Pitts is just an all-around all, all around player. It's To me, I feel like he's going to be that guy who's going to be what Travis Kelsey is right now, where as a tight end, he's leading the league in catches and yards and just do it, just everything. Is this a spot where you can line him up out there and just still run Hayden Hurst as a blocker or the tight end option then? I, 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 here's what I have
3: encouraged people who read, who read my articles over at Blogging Dirty. Um, go back and watch like the 2012 new England Patriots when they ran both Gronk and Aaron Hernandez out there. I think that's what you're going to be able to have with Kyle Pitts and, and Hayden Hurst. Uh, I love, uh, I'm a Clemson grad. Uh, and so saying that I hate South Carolina with a passion, uh, but I was high. I was huge on Hayden Hurst coming out of South Carolina. Um, I, I, you know, they have not picked up his fifth year option. Uh, so he'll be gone after this year. Uh, so it's a pay year for him, right? And so I think you're going to see – I think having those two, they could end up being the best one-two punch from the tight end position that the league has seen in probably a decade. Uh, and, and so I'm big on them. And, and I think, yes, having Kyle to replace uh, Julio is good. I I think those – and actually we, we we wrote about this the other day. I think it, it's it's too soon to say he's going to replace Julio because if you go back and you look over NFL history – and you look at the great tight ends, right, the Tony Gonzalez, the Gronk, the Travis Kelseys, uh, you know, all the guys that, that have come up are still here. They struggled their rookie years, right? So I, I'm really hesitant to say, yes, he's going to lead the league in catches or, or yards this year or touchdowns. He's a great asset to have. He's a great weapon to have. And I think eventually he gets to that point. It's probably not going to be this year. Uh, but I think he and, and, and Hurst will have a, a hell of a one-two punch.
0: This offseason, a lot of people had uh, Matt Ryan getting replaced by one of those rookie quarterbacks you talked about earlier. Is this Matt Ryan's last season on this team?
3: No. I mean, his contract, they they owe him way too much money. Uh, I I think you'll see Matt play until he's probably 40, 41. I think he'll be in Atlanta um, until the end of 2022. So I think he's got one more season here in in the city, which is why, for me, I didn't think they were going to go quarterback, and I wrote about that extensively you're not going to pay a guy $25 million and then turn around and pay a rookie quarterback, $10 million a year to sit the bench. Like it just wasn't going to happen. Uh, I think this year uh, with Matt um, only being on this roster, I think until the end of 2022, I think the 22, 22 draft, you'll see them go after one of the plethora of quarterbacks um, that will come out. You know, the Spencer Rattlers, the Sam Howells, um, the uh, Malik Harris like, I think you'll see them go that route. Um, Because I I think the Falcons still end up with probably a top-12 pick this year. Um, But I was not surprised. I didn't think they were going to go Justin Fields. I didn't think they were going to go – obviously, they weren't going to get Trevor Lawrence, right? And so, at that point, again, going back to what Terry Fontenot said when he got here with his draft draft philosophy, I didn't think they were going to go quarterback uh, just simply because it would have gone completely against everything that that Fontenot talked about in his intro press conference when he was asked about that draft draft. Um, uh, about his draft um, you know, Concepts and ideas and philosophy So um, I wasn't shocked to see it I know a lot of people here in Atlanta were really upset That they didn't go Justin Fields uh, Matter of fact, I literally live Two and a half miles away from where Justin Fields Went to high school uh, and, and not too far from where Trevor Lawrence went and So um, you know, I'm really familiar with those two I've been watching them since high school And, and it would have been cool to have them here uh, But I, I,
1: I was under no preconceived notions That that was the route they were going to go Yeah, that was kind of the the thought process I was thinking too. Is there's there's so many of those quarterbacks that are going to be available next year that you know I mean if you're it in the first round you got a shot to grab you know I mean there could be five. it, it, It feels like this year in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, and and just and you guys pay attention to the
3: NFL. Like every year, you got like six dudes who are can't miss, and four and a half of them end up being nothing, right? Like you got one guy who's really good for like a year and a half and then you never hear from him again, RG three. Right. So like those, <laughs> those dudes are in every draft. I just, I don't get caught up in the hype and people get really mad at me, but my draft philosophy would be this. If I was an NFL GM, I wouldn't touch a single quarterback until the third round. That includes Trevor Lawrence. That includes Justin Fields. I said that about Deshaun Watson, who, who I still think the world about like, I just, for me, because quarterbacks or, you know, you look at NFL history, like, Two percent of them end up working out, and, and so
1: for yeah. me, I would
3: worry about building everything else first, right? So I just, yeah, I mean, next year we're gonna have five guys who are gonna be the best ever, and we'll have five more the year after that, and it is what it is.
1: Well, and there's so many guys too when you when you look at, uh, um, you know, like like guys like Keaton Keaton Slovis who was like, oh, he might be the number one pick, and now people don't even you know people don't even know what's gonna happen with him. Like, there's so many uncertainties already with some of these quarterbacks that, you know, I mean, you could have a plethora, you could have, it, it's going to be an interesting year. Like I, I, I was, you know, part of the reason we brought up all of our draft talk this year is we were so intrigued with how deep this draft was everywhere you look. It was, I mean you you are had 50 people that could have been first rounders, and next year I mean, <laughs> you know the fact that a guy like you know KV on Thibodeau is falling, that's ridiculous. like there's so many good players in this draft next year that you know it, uh, Justin Ross on your you know your former alma mater. like there's so many good players next year that I think we're going to see another giant influx in that um, and that kind of brings me to this too you know kind of kind of channeling back here with the Falcons this is a real hodgepodge running back core that this team has. And, you know, there's always seemed to have been one guy, kind of been the front runner, you know, you know, back, back in the last decade, even, you know, I mean, Mike Davis, yes, he's, he's nice, but can he lead it? You know, us coming, you know, myself and Luke, we're based out of Minnesota here. We know what Cordero Patterson can do. I mean, a couple undrafted rookies showing up. What's the thought process with this rookie or this this young running back core?
3: Man, uh, honestly, who the hell knows? Like, <laughs> when, 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 <laughs> I'm trying when to like think of when it they signed at Patterson. All. <laughs> yeah, like when they signed Cordell Patterson and they announced he was going to play running back. Like everybody in Atlanta was like, "What? You're, you're going to put that dude <laughs> at running back?" Uh and, and look, I agree. Like Mike Davis is nice again, another South Carolina guy. Whatever. Um, he's, he's a great backup, right? But he's not, he's not a starter. Uh, and so like you look at this running back room, uh, the guy that I am really excited about though, is, is actually the undrafted guy, uh, JV Hawkins out of, out of uh, Louisville. Uh, that was a guy that I, I don't know how he slipped out of the draft at all, let alone the first three rounds. Um, I, and they, they sign him. I think he's that elusive, running back. He's not a ground and pound guy like Arthur Smith is used to having in Tennessee. Um, I think that guy is Quadri Ollison uh, who never, who was never able to get on the field under Dan Quinn uh, if, for whatever reason. But, you know, when he was coming out of Pittsburgh, and I don't know how big a college football fans you guys are, but when he was coming out of Pittsburgh, like he was that six, he's that six two two forty guy who could hit you between the tackles, who could outrun you in open space, who could catch the ball out of the backfield Like, and when he fell to the Falcons, I was like, damn, they they just got themselves a a great guy in his rookie year. uh, He actually had, he had nine touches uh, with three yards to go or less, whether it was for a first down uh, or, or in the end zone, he ended up with four first downs and five touchdowns. He actually had more short yardage touchdowns um, than, um, than uh, Leonard who was in uh, Jacksonville at the time. Right. So, but then last year he couldn't get on the field at all. And so I, 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 It'll be interesting to see what Arthur Smith does with him. Mike Davis is obviously the starter. Cordell Patterson, I honestly, if they ever line him up at running back, you might see people, like, storm the field because it will just be it, – it'll be a really bad game at that point. Uh, but, yeah, running back is, is – other than offensive line, running back is the biggest question for me with, with this uh, – at least this offense.
1: Well, that was the thing that I was like too, Cordell Patterson coming in. I'm like, oh, you know, they're going to, they'll have him or, you know, maybe, maybe one of their, their, uh, uh rookies be their kind of kick guy. You know, maybe the, the cornerback they took could, could come in and do it. Then I saw the, the running back on the depth chart and I'm like, man, I'm having flashbacks to the, to the Viking Saints. You know, like, you know, just watching Cordero just drop this football every time he touches it. I'm like, dear God. And then I thought about him in Chicago last year because my ex is a diehard Bears fan because she's from Illinois, and I'm going, (laughs) man, how is this guy still getting jobs? And as a high end, like, he's considered value. You know, you look at these depth charts. Yeah. He's got – he's over people. Like, (laughs) like, I I mean, I insane.
3: (laughs) <laughs> and then from an aesthetic standpoint, like you're going to have a number 84 in the backfield. Like that, I, I just don't, I, I don't know. And like, I it is ridiculous. Um, at this point, I can't even badmouth Arthur Smith, though, because I, we have no idea what we're going to get with him. Uh, but yeah, like Cordell Patterson, a, again, just to see him on the depth chart, at anything other than kick returner to me is ridiculous. Um, the contract he got to me is ridiculous. Um, the number he's going to wear is ridiculous.
1: Like it's just, it's a signing that is just ridiculous. What and he's he, he's nice and elusive. Like I like I enjoy that, but he can't run a route. I mean he he might have the lowest IQ with route running I have ever seen. You know, so it's not like he just throw him out there and run something. So yeah, I don't know. Is it, it 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 brings me to the question too. You know, do you need this offensive line to really step up? Give Matt Ryan some time to let to 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 get Kyle Pitts to kind of get used to running these routes, but also make some room for this running back core. Is this is this O line ready to? I mean, honestly, step up. They're almost going to have to.
3: Man, I I was looking at the offensive line the other day. I actually wrote a piece yesterday that I posted a Blogging Dirty about Chris Lindstrom, uh, who who according to Pro Football Focus is the twelfth best guard, uh, coming into twenty twenty one, which is pretty high praise. I mean, when you think about there are one hundred fifty mm-hmm. guards in the NFL. Uh, And and for him to be, you know, even in the top 20, I think is phenomenal. And and so, you know, he's a guy that that I think has has all pro potential uh, entering his third year. Obviously, you have Jake Matthews, who, um, you know, he doesn't get a lot of publicity, but he's been really solid for almost a decade now. Um, And and, and I know fans like to point out, you know, penalties and stuff, but he doesn't get a whole lot of those either. Uh, But when you look at left guard, like who the hell knows what's going to happen with left guard? I I think you'll see Jalen Mayfield, the rookie uh, out of Michigan. I think he'll move. You know, he was a, a, a right tackle in college. I think he's going to be a left guard uh, starting out here with the Falcons. But then you lose Alex Mack, right, who, who to me is having a Hall of Fame career as an offensive lineman. He goes to San Francisco. So now you've got Matt Hennessy, the, the guy they took out of Temple a couple years ago. I just – and then Caleb McGarry, the, you know, the other first-round pick the year Chris Lindstrom was. Remember, they traded back in the first round. Uh, I was at Mercedes-Benz when they did that, and everybody in there, like, you thought it was a mushroom cloud rising above, uh, <laughs> above the stadium because it was just – it was ridiculous. Um, who has not been very good, right? So you look at this, and all of a sudden you got 60% of your offensive line. You have no idea what you're going to get from that, Um, other than the fact that you know that Matt Ryan probably needs his own personal physical trainer uh, or physical therapist, because he's going to pick himself up a lot this year. Um, And and a lot of that's going to fall on Chris Lindstrom, as as he's the only returning guy in the middle. Um, But I just – if you pray – add Matt Ryan to your prayer list because it it, <laughs> it might get ugly up front. <laughs> uh,
0: to transition over to the other side of the ball here for a, a second. Um, in the second round, you guys took Richie Grant, the safety, out of Central Florida. Um, is he going to get a chance to start in the secondary this season?
2: Oh, 100%. Um, you,
3: you know, when when you're looking or when we were looking at, at the Falcons draft and, and you're looking, you know, they you knew they needed a safety – um, and then the fact that, that Richie Grant, who by all accounts is a first round guy mm-hmm. falls to the Falcons there in the second round, like he's probably the most versatile safety in this draft. Um, I, I know he was right up there. One a one B with, with what's his name out of TCU. Uh, he will absolutely be the starter day one. Um, there's some big expectations for him, uh, indeed in Dean Pease's defense. Uh, and I think that's going to be a guy that the Falcons haven't had in a long time, uh, back there, that position. And so, uh, I'm excited for him. I, I think everybody in Atlanta is excited for him. Um, I, I think you'll see he, uh, him and Eric Harris uh, initially be the starters uh, back there at safety. But don't be shocked to see Isaiah Oliver move uh, from corner to safety uh, as I think that's happening.
1: Yeah, and, and I agree. You know, that kind of goes back to what I was saying with you earlier where, you know, this last draft had so many good, talented, uh, you know, players that – Guys like this fall through, you know. And the guy you're talking about, Trayvon Morrig, that was the guy we had mocked, you know. I think to Jacksonville or something. Every single mock draft we had, uh, Luke, was it? Did we have Morrig going every time to, to hit to Jacksonville? Was it? <laughs> or yeah. Like that.
0: Yeah, like I like picked twenty or whatever it was. Yeah,
1: and and at the end of it, it was like, man, but. But Richie Grant is really good. You know, maybe he could be the guy to sneak in and take the spot. Like, I'm, I'm looking at this last year's draft, and I'm like, there's just there's just talent. You know, Jeremiah Losu-Cormo going 52. You know, Cosme going 51. O'Jaleri going 50. God, man. So much good talent. And you guys cleaned up, I feel like, with the secondary. Darren Hall, Richie Grant, Avery Williams, that's the guy I was thinking of for the kicking. Are you excited to a young core secondary coming in? Jalen Hawkins, you know, you're uh, up being drafted, AJ Terrell. You guys got a lot of young kids back there.
3: You know, I, I think that's the one area – uh, on this team that I'm really excited about to see how they come together, especially with the guy uh, like John Hokey, who's a secondary coach, you know, a, a longtime defensive coordinator like Dean Pease, who, who's going to put those guys in the right position to be successful, which we haven't had here in Atlanta, you know, in probably 30 years if we're being honest. Um, you know, Mike Smith and Dan Quinn were are were supposed to be defensive gurus and, and couldn't draw up the defense if their life depended on it. Uh, and so having – I love those young guys. I You know, A.J. Terrell. Uh, you know, a lot of people were upset, you know, when when the Falcons took him last year and he ended up being what the, the number one or number two graded rookie <laughs> corner. He's been really good. Um, you, you know, it's, you know, and then you add those guys that you just talked about, you know, the Avery Williams and, and, and Grant and, and those guys, man, like this, this Falcons secondary is going to be, I, they have the potential. I can't say they're going to be right, but they have the potential to be really good for, for a, a long time. and, and, you know, when you look at around the league and you look at, at guys that are winning – or teams that are winning championships, that, uh, most of them started from the back end and built front, uh, which is opposite of what everybody always talks about, right, building from the front and back. Um, but, man, that, that secondary has the potential to be really, really good in, you know,
1: 2023. Hey, like you took you said, take the Clemson kid, and then they didn't listen to you, and now look at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I told you, AJ Terrell, man, Clemson, what do you want from me? <laughs> I, I, mean, I tried telling people,
3: they didn't want to listen. Leads you to boom, too. Who, who's oh, that coming? guy telling us who to take? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. You
1: should have seen. It. Like, look, guys, you saw what Seattle did. Leads you to boom. Now everyone copies it. We're we're there. We're coming. Kevin Garnett said it. We're coming. Yeah.
3: <laughs> exactly. I, I I don't know. I I still think Atlanta Falcons fans are hoping that they can like coax Ed Reed out of retirement ten years later. I it, <laughs> I, it doesn't make sense to
1: me. <laughs> They're on the phone with Ed Reed and Nnamdi Asamo Like, hey Bro, Nnamdi Asamo the... was tight, bro Yeah, he was He was, he was correct, he was, he was <laughs> don't get me wrong I'm just Any, any was... way I can throw a Nnamdi Asamo Into a conversation, damn it, I'm doing it, man I'm sorry Nnamdi Asamo was <laughs> tight
3: <laughs> uh, as Oh, we've put... in 2022
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. too good See I told you Sometimes these things Just get chaotic When people go You know Hey what are we doing I go It, it might go this And this and this But these things Go off course so fast And damn it That's, that's radio baby That's live radio You're having fun with it <laughs>
3: Yeah I was I was I was, uh, I was uh, on the Falcon, Falcons flagship Here in Atlanta On CBS radio For a few years man I, I Trust me I, I, I was the king oh. Of things going sideways Real quick
1: oh, it's you, you know you're not having a good radio show if things don't. When, when you have like, exactly, like, I you know and Luke, I don't want to I don't I'm not trying to step on your question because I know you had a good one you wanted to jump in, but like we we've talked to, talked to people and I'm not going to say names obviously but we're like eight minutes in you're like both people are like I don't have any questions left. All right, well now we got 22 minutes of Taco banter to fill out that interview. <laughs> You know, and it's just like uh, everything was so linear that we don't have anything else to discuss. Thank you for your time. Now we're gonna have to play a game or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Our games are tight, though.
1: Hey, look, we're gonna, look. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Jeff. We're gonna play a game before before you leave here. So just be ready. We're gonna we, we got to have you play some Uber facts with us tonight. That's that's gonna happen. But Luke, all right, I will I will throw it back to you, my friend.
0: Thank God. I almost fell asleep. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> wow. I'm just I'm joking. Like my wife. You know yeah. what? I'm going to take that offensively. I don't know your <laughs> wife, but I'm going to take that wrongfully.
1: How how could you talk to me like Canelo Alvarez talking to Demetrius Adrad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see you Yeah, yeah, man. Just shooing me away like that. Yeah.
2: I see
0: uh, Atlanta has two of the good young linebackers in the league in uh, Dion Jones and I don't even know how to pronounce this man's first name, but his last name is Olakun. There you go. Um, what what's the consensus consensus around these two? I know that they they uh, put the smackdown on Kirk Cousins if, uh, last year, I believe, with like four sacks or something like that. Um, are those still well, the two or? or old
1: line they do. I mean, we we talk about the Falcons' struggles at O line. We can we can sympathize. That's why we're getting smacked every eight seconds. We're playing one B, two B, three B football in Minnesota, man. Sorry. Um, you know, when you look at, at Dion Jones,
3: everybody was really excited about him. He had a really, you know, he had a bounce back year last year. Um, obviously, his first two years in the league, you know, he was a guy that was considered all of a sudden to be the best cover guy, uh, and I think he still is. Uh, that injury a couple of years ago really, really put a, a hamper on him, but he had a really good bounce back year last year. Yeah. Uh, and then before his injury, Foye Oluokun was also playing really, really good football. Uh, as, as, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is his best friend going back to high school, and he made him fumble, what, three times in that Cowboy game before he got hurt. And um, I think those two are probably, you know, among the top three or four one-two punches. Uh, in the NFL, when it comes to linebackers, and then you have Michael Walker, the the, the guy um, who who's supposed to back up Deion Jones. I think you'll see those three on the field a lot as they transfer uh, or as they go into more of a three-four look. Um, they're really excited about the three of those guys together. I know Dean Pease. Uh, his his literally he has like foam around his mouth. He just he can't wait to get these guys uh, <laughs> on an actual football field. So um, I, I think if there's one bright spot. This year, uh, not named Grady Jarrett, it's it's Deion Jones and Foye Oluokun in that, in that linebacking core. Um, again, a couple of young guys who will hopefully be here uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, I, Foye is going to get paid, right, because he's played really well. Um, you know, he's gotten better every single year, and, and he's going to want some money next year, and so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but this will be a really good year for those guys. And, again, you know, other than Grady Jarrett, I think people are really excited
1: about the two of them. You know, you mentioned Grady Jarrett, obviously the cornerstone of this this front four there. Um, what are we looking at when it comes to this this front four other than Grady Jarrett and the fact that Steven Means is like the greatest pro wrestling name I've seen in the last like five years?
0: Uh, you,
1: you know, <laughs> uh, other than
3: Grady Jarrett, I, I think you're seeing a, a defensive line sponsored by Hefty. um like they are just not good it is I I mean you know we laugh about Stephen Means right but like when Stephen Means is the other guy that you're hoping can step up and fill some sort of role you're in trouble um I I just you know Dante Fowler is is a quintessential Thomas Dimitrov signee given big money huge expectations and then comes in like you know I mean basically married a stripper right he took her to the, 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 the twenty four hour thing, got married and next thing you know, you're now broke and, and looking for somebody else. Uh and, and that's basically what Dante Fowler has been. And so I just don't man, I uh that, that defensive line is absolutely horrendous. Um we've gotten nothing out of Marvin Davidson last year, who everybody was excited about coming out of Auburn. Um he you know, he was either sick, injured, or didn't feel like playing. Uh he wasn't good. Uh <laughs> You've got, you know, Deidre Sanat, who has been a no-show since they took him four years ago in the third round. Uh, you have John Kaminsky, who was a project coming out of, like, Division 6, Charleston in West Virginia. Um, you know, it's just, this defensive line is just not good, and um, there's no depth. It's it's probably one of those things where Falcons fans are like, please, for the love of God, just let something miraculous happen uh, with, the, with, with this front. Uh, you know, obviously you're going to have um, you know, Ruddy with Grady Jarrett. You're going to have Tyler Davidson The former uh, the former Saint who's been here, this will be his second year In Atlanta, uh, he'll tag team with Grady Up front, again, I think they're going to transition To uh, a 3-4 defense So, Davidson will be in the middle, Grady will be more In that 3-5 uh, um, You know, area uh, It'll be interesting to see But I, I don't think many people are hopeful
1: about the Defensive line here So, before we wrap up with my last question For you, i got to ask you this um, this man was was thrown around more than a Kardashian in our fantasy league last year, and it was upsetting. <laughs> Are because, you
0: talking about my boo?
1: Yeah, it was upsetting because he didn't deserve to, but somehow he, went on, he was almost on every team last year, and it's despicable, and it should never happen again. I want you to tell not only my listeners here, our listeners, but the people in our fantasy league that we've been running for over a decade. Why should we never release and hoe around Young Hoku? And look,
3: man, Young Ho, like, did you guys hear what happened to him a couple of days ago?
1: I did not, unfortunately. So,
3: so here in Atlanta, somebody stole his Jeep. And oh he said, you can keep the damn car. Bring me back my cleats so I can kick.
0: <laughs> he doesn't even have cleats right
3: now.
0: So oh they took God. it all.
3: He literally said, he, they say he said, "Keep my jeep. Just bring me back my cleats."
1: Uh, well,
3: I, you know, here's here's a guy, man, that that he just you know when he started out in the league with what the Chargers, the Raiders, or whoever yep. the hell it was out west, yep. uh, couldn't couldn't kick a, a ball to save his life, uh, and then all of a sudden they bring him in here to replace the great Matt Bryant, uh, and he can't miss, uh, and it's it's absolutely insane to me. I think he's. I, I would put him as one of the top two kickers in the NFL right now. Um, you know, his—he didn't miss from 50 yards out last year. He was absolutely automatic, and um, you know, he's put him in the Hall of Fame now. Uh, <laughs> he's a guy if you if, if you draft kickers, go draft that guy because he's an automatic three points if the Falcons can get the ball within the 30, you know, from the 35 in range.
1: You know, it, it he he is the epitome. Somehow, I don't know how. He would get released, and then somebody would pick him up the next week, and he'd be like the leading kicker, and he would get. And there was no rhyme or reason. Everybody would be mad that he was not on their team, but they would release him. But everybody, I—it was the most unexplainable thing. Um, in the in the epitome of the the Jermaine Dupree and Ludacris "Welcome to Atlanta" music video, this is uh, this is for Young <laughs> Hoku right here. Ma'am, in this brochure
3: it says this tour is crunk. What does that mean?
1: You <laughs> know, we love you, man. Uh, I, before we go on to the fun part about this, last question for you here as we wrap up. End of season, gone to your head, what do you have this team's win-loss record?
3: I'm going to go 7-10. and 10.
1: I, re- I respect it. Uh, also, just you, you know, we're over halfway done with the league this summer, and we have had nobody. So six and ten seven and nine nobody has said it yet and i i respect the honesty you know I, I, we, we last week ironically uh we had a gentleman out from the eagles who went eight and nine and we had told him out of the other 14 teams that we have had only one team has had the balls to go under 500 and that was the gentleman from the jets who went six and eleven but some of these some of these win losses are just egregious um so, okay, well, but if I tell you if I tell you the Falcons are going seventeen and zero,
3: you're going to hang up on me and then send the cops to my house, <laughs> right? Because I'm clearly doing math. Like I can't
1: tell you seventeen and zero, <laughs> but it's it's respectable, you know. It's a respectable number, and if they supersede expectations, hey, it's a win. An under exactly an under promise over deliver, you know what I mean. So I respect yeah. that out of that thing. Um. With that being said, here uh, before we let you go, I told you we're gonna get a game going. Uh, Mike Luciano's in here. He's been on. The, he's been on our show, but
2: every day for the last month, it feels like Mike. You with us? I am with you, and I I, I gotta say this is driving me crazy. It's Young Way too. Yeah, Yo, it's that Young out, Way. Apparently. <laughs> I, look, I, I gotta look, say, I don't know why. But, all of a, a sudden, I just I I gotta get it out. <laughs>
3: No, that is look, I, I young, young
2: House sounds so much more cool loving him. We we because yeah, well, it sounds funnier, but like it's not like poor poor, poor is, dude, it, yes, man. You're
3: correct, it is Young Way.
2: When we or him in high school must have been horrible. I'll I'm gonna make sure uh
1: that I draft him this year so I could correctly, you know, as somebody who is a diehard avid, I, I pay for nine different Japanese wrestling streaming services. I accept failure that I couldn't pronounce his name with, when, when I can tell you any person in, in pro wrestling, Noah, big Japan, freedoms, Newt, you, you, you name it. I take fault for screwing that one up. Luke, you got to hold me more accountable, man.
0: I'm not doing it. <laughs> That's fair. With that being said,
1: uh, I already I already asked Mike. I said, hey, you want to come in for a giant game? He said, Demon's Choice. I said, I accept you coming. Jeff invites you to play a game of Uber Facts with us. Would you like to join us? Yeah, man. Let's do it.
0: Uber Facts, the most unimportant things you'll never need to know.
1: For listeners, new and old, and for our guest here tonight. Uh, I can't remember, Mike, have you played Uber Facts with us? Might've played with it. Okay. I, now I'm, I'm, I could be screwed up here. So Luke, I'm going to have you go last. This might be, this might be what I've done. I've done like a month ago, but I don't think I did. But the point of this game for everybody who's new here is I'm going to give you four facts. Three of these are proven to be, to be real facts. One of them is the fake fact. And I believe I've already done this one, Luke. And if I have, I want you to not answer, but if I haven't, I would like you to answer. All right, okay. Because I may you. have just—I may have just ran this by Demetrius and not—and not on the show, but I know I talked to somebody about this. With that what being if I said, want,
0: what if I want to lie just so I win?
1: Go ahead and lie. That's fine. You can be a piece of trash, and, and you're fine. So, uh, Jeff, Mike, everyone, understand the rules? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Here we go. Um, Jeff, I'll have you give me your thoughts first. Mike, I'll have you go second. Luke, I'll have you come in in the uh, almost cleanup role here. Fact number one, Apple has more operating cash than the United States government. Number two, a liter of beer is as hydrating as a liter of water. Number three, in Vietnam, the Vietnam War is known as the American War. And number four, the first Disneyland ticket ever ever sold cost $1. Jeff, what fact did I make up? Number three. Number three. All right. Mike, what you got?
2: <laughs> yeah, all right. I believe the $1 one. I believe the – because I don't think they, they would call it the, the American Wars, very specific. But I'm going to have to go with the Apple one just because – I mean, operating – no, wait, no. Hmm. What was the second one? Second was a oh, the beer. Beer, yes, got beer? To be the beer in terms of just pure of hydration. <laughs> yeah, there's no like nutritionally something has to be wrong there.
1: Luke, what you got?
0: You've already done this one.
1: Did I do this one? Okay, I I del- I think I erased the one I didn't do and kept the one I did do. Um. Well, uh with that being said, uh, d- do you remember the real answer?
0: No, I don't. <laughs>
1: You don't? Do you want to take a guess? <laughs>
0: uh, I'm going to go. I remember the the Apple one. That's the only reason I remember. Um, I'm going to go number four.
1: Number four. Okay. You guys, were, were, we're all smart to stay away. Apple does have more operating cash than the U.S. government. Um, unfortunately, it has proven a liter of beer is as hydrating as a liter of water. So number two is a proven fact.
2: Did Bud um, Light write that or something? <laughs>
1: yeah, it was it was Bud Light or MG uh, Mick Golden or something like that. <laughs> so Anheuser it's water beer. <laughs> Which leads us down Look to alone. the two. And I will take the win because Luke is a cheater. Um, the correct answer uh the Vietnam War is known as the American War uh in the in Vietnam. The the fake answer is number four. The correct answer is actually the first Disneyland ticket ever sold cost ten dollars. So I, I took the zero away to try to make it sound cheaper, in which I did make it too cheap. Damn. Ten dollars is the correct one.
0: And Luke, you don't get the win 50.
1: because you thought I had it. So you're a cheater. Uh, therefore, hand goes to the dealer. I, two fists in the air. I'll take my W. Thank you, oh, Luke. Oh. For, I, I, I try to keep you at the end. <laughs> Trash. What? <laughs> well, just like the Falcons, oh, I went 0-1. No <laughs> very very Jeff, plug everything you got, my man, everywhere they can read you, hear you, see you, touch you, feel you, the whole nine yards, everything you got for the for our great listeners. Man, I appreciate that. You guys can follow me on Twitter at jben
3: underscore FS. Uh, you can also follow my sites at bloggingdirty, at rubbingtherock. Um You can go read them, obviously, www.bloggingdirty.com or rubbingtherock.com. No, it is not a porn site. Uh, it is a Clemson site.
1: Uh, <laughs>
3: Other than that, man, I, I I had a lot of fun tonight, guys. I really appreciate
1: you guys having me on. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we were able to make this. We're going to have you on. of and wanting to and it. Uh, fantastic time, and we'll, we'll have you back, I'm sure, and uh, have some more rando banter, as always.
0: <laughs> Perfect, guys. I appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your show. Mando.
1: Yeah, you too. Thanks, Jeff. Mando. Mando Pando. Shout out to – we need to get little Donnie on here.
0: Man, if a little Donnie got on here, I would freak out.
1: Bad. I don't even want to get into it. It's going to take over. We need to to course, course, uh, right the the ship course. I mean, I am out of control, Mike. We are having way too much fun here tonight. We got, we went exit stage left, and then you came in with the correct pronunciation of the kicker through my mind way off here. It's now 1043. Uh, we're definitely diving into hour number two. Hopefully, we don't have to worry about another guest <laughs> coming up later. Um, but Mike, uh, you're on here. And you do 984 different things. Go ahead and plug everything and just, just introduce reintroduce yourself to everybody we got here listening tonight, sir.
2: Yes, sir. So you can find me at by, B-Y Michael Luciano, L-U-C-I-A-N-O. You'll see me all over fan-sided, but Just on the football side of things, you'll see me doing stuff at Fire, which is the Patriots site, and Horseshoe Heroes, the Indianapolis Colts site.
1: Now, we had talked about, obviously, you doing the Colts thing. We were going to get that going here at a certain point. Tonight is the night. Boy, oh, boy, I want to step into this quarterback fiasco chaos. We go from Phil Rivers to Carson Wentz. Tom Brady's doing things with LeBron talking about, you picked that mf over me. Like, is that, is that a shot at, at Rivers? Does Wentz come in now having to fill all these extra shoes because Rivers didn't get him farther and people now think that Brady should be out? I mean, it's a mess. You know, if you listen to Pat McAfee, who's a you know avid colt, obviously, he's, he is freaking out the day that that came out. What's what's kind of the problem really, I don't really
2: think that that was I don't really think that that was necessarily Indianapolis just because I mean they had the self set on Philip Rivers pretty much from the jump just because he had that connection with hit with Frank Reich and uh San San Diego and
0: the
2: Chargers so yeah I I, I think they were I, it's, you can always do your amateur you know dot collecting and. In my sort of my estimation, I think you might have been talking about like a Derek Carr or Garoppolo. But <laughs> I think the bigger th- the bigger thing with Wentz though it's it's very interesting because in acquiring Wentz, they're basically saying our organizational structure is just so much in- infinitely better than Philadelphia, I seen it won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. But we found out later on all this, you know, you, you peel back the curtain and there's all these, you know, this turmoil. They're basically, it's so much better. We could take a guy who use any metric you want. He was right down to the bottom. It right? was like Sam Darnold, Drew Locke, and him right at the bottom for everything. And we're going to make him like a top-ten quarterback and win the division with him. So it's it's a huge gamble, especially considering if he starts over, I believe, 70 or 75% of their games, then they got to give away a first-round pick to Philly, who's held Ooh. by Nick Sirianni. Former. It's a gamble, but at the same time, Carson Wentz was a guy – keep on, if he didn't get hurt, he was one MVP that year they won the Super Bowl. If he did not get hurt. And even in a couple of years where he wasn't getting his far in the playoffs, I mean, he had no wide receivers. He had, no, he had 4,000 yards passing, and none of his wide receivers had 500 yards. And he was throwing to guys that are working best and Deontay Burnett and guys like that. So, <laughs> there's definitely enough there where you could say, all right, he gets the right coach, he gets a better offensive line, because Philly was just a complete – Matador last year, so I, in the right system, he can work. We've seen him work before. It's just a matter of how good is Indy's infrastructure.
0: Jonathan Taylor in his rookie season had a great campaign at running back. Is he going to take that next step to be the elite ball carrier for the Colts?
2: I absolutely think he's going to be. I mean, Jonathan Taylor was—I had him as the top running back in the draft when he came out. It, it was one of those things, like, you, you go and look back at, like, this is a classic case of overthinking stuff. I remember I was on here a couple of times ago, and I was talking about people overthought Roquan Smith, and he was coming out. It was the same thing with, I mean, 2,000 yards consistently. I know he's getting the ball 40 times a game in Wisconsin, but 2,000 yards consistently in the Big Ten, just churning three yards. He was a sprint champion when he was in high school. He was a fast guy, great athlete, runs hard. Like, I don't know what guys were missing. Yeah, he has a little fumble issues. but Adrian Pearson did too. So in, what, that last game of the year in Jacksonville, he had like 260 yards. you I know that Jacksonville wasn't trying and they were going for Lawrence, but you really got to see what he can do. And now that you get another year with the system, another offensive line, that's going to be pretty good. I'm looking up for Taylor. I know the, the second-year record for Colts running backs is, I think, just under 1,700 which was Edgar and James, and I don't think he's going to break that. Come close. You know, and obviously you mentioned Jonathan Taylor, but you
1: guys got two credible backs. I mean, almost three if you talk about Jordan Wilkins, but Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, two guys that were drafted with the intent of getting some getting some play here. What happens with those guys? Do they still kind of come in as a running back by committee when needed? Do they get shifted maybe to, maybe as like a pass catcher coming in at fullback, or maybe do they do they try to shop one of them?
2: Well, the way that it works with Hines is he's essentially their James White. Like, he's going to catch the ball more than he's going to run the ball. So, he's pretty much guaranteed a role, especially because he's just physically and the way he plays is just so different to more, I don't this is the right word, but traditional running backs like Mack or Wilkins. I think by the end of the year, we've written about this over horse years before, one of them is going to have to go, quite frankly. And – as crazy as it sounds, I think it might have to be Mac, even though he's coming off the injury. Because Wilkins has actually been pretty productive. He's cheaper, and with Mac, you, I know he's got the the pedigree, but I mean the injury risk. He's going to be a free agent next year anyway. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe for a team like the Rams after their injury says, "Hey, we'll oh, give yeah. you a round little, little pick." I would. I would not be surprised. I think he's the most likely to go, but. I know for sure that Taylor and Hines are going to be back next year. Wilkins, I I think, might, but, you know, he's a, a third-string running back. He by no means guaranteed a spot. If Frank Reich, in my opinion, if he had his brothers, I think Taylor and Hines are going to be there for a very long time.
0: Do you think Michael Pittman Jr. is going to take a step forward this year as Well, last year he... He was big down the field in uh, red zone opportunities. Now he's the number two receiver. Do you think he's going to be able to help Carson Wentz in that offense?
2: I think he will. I'm just concerned about – one thing that I'm concerned about with Reich is if you go back to even his San Diego days, I mean, the wide receivers were not getting tons of great yards. I mean, now he obviously had Antonio Gates back then. You want to get the ball to Antonio Gates as much as you can, but – You go look at the numbers, not a lot of thousand-yard guys. In Philadelphia, Zach Ertz getting most of the play, and I don't know if he's going to really change, because he's still going to be calling plays, even with Marcus Brady coming in for Sirianni. I don't really see that much of a philosophical change to get crazy gaudy numbers out of Pittman, especially with Hilton still there. But I think he'll improve on his rookie year, just because he's too too darn big. He's too darn fast for his size. He only had the one touchdown last year, but USC saw he was a great possession receiver, solid hands. Moves well in the open field for how big he is. There's a lot to like about him. You know, you guys
1: got three low-drafted wide receivers, Tyler Vaughn, uh, three Black, and then Michael Strachan in the seventh round. Are they going to be able to factor in get any kind of clock with J.J. Nelson coming in? Paris Campbell obviously should be healthy, you know, and, and as mentioned Pittman Jr. Hilton. Or are they going to kind of just be a couple guys that just kind of hang back and wait their turn?
2: I think that one of them I think is going to contribute, which one I don't know because it's almost like three totally different players because with Strahan, I mean, he was a Division Two guy. So especially in Division Two guy last year where, you know, with the pandemic and all that, there was – barely any felt like it's a complete wild card. You're just drafting because he's 6'5", 230, and he's fast, but you really don't know if he could even, you know, handle the, the speed of the NFL, let alone all the other fire points. Then you get to Vaughn's and Black, You know, blue-butt programs. Black was at Michigan and Texas, and Vaughn's at USC. But neither of them are particularly great athletes out wide. Vaughn's more of an underneath guy. Black, more of a possession guy. But if I had to put my money down on either of them, it would be straight in just because with how big he is and how fast he is, like you, you might catch lightning in a bottle. But the, the one I'm interested to watch is Campbell is because I mean we all remember Campbell at Ohio State. Every, you, Urban Meyer's got that yeah. guy that comes around on jet sweeps. It was Curtis Samuel with Percy Harvin. He's trying to make ETN that in Jacksonville. Campbell was, was that. And he he was taking games over. He was just so big and so fat. He was like a little over two hundred pounds. It was like a hundred sixty five pound scat back. I mean this was a legit wide receiver. And then he just kept getting banged up and kept getting banged up. And when you're a receiver that relies on speed and quickness and getting out of your blocks, well, you can only take so many so many leg injuries. And I think after this year, which would be the third year, you got to sort of make a decision on do we want Campbell? Because he gives you three years and he's banged up again. You might just have to say, all right, well, we'll roll the dice and try to get another speedy guy in the draft this year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Carson Wentz has proven in the past that if he has time to throw the ball, he can make the throws. Will this offensive line be able to keep him protected enough to be able to make the throws?
2: Yes and no. I know it's not a satisfying answer, but this is a, re- this is a really weird offensive line in that you just look at Quentin Nelson, but the gap between Quentin Nelson and the second-best left guard, maybe outside of Aaron Donald, the next-best defensive tackle, that might be as wide as any in the league. I mean, this guy, I don't think there's any real debate he's the best left guard in football. I don't really see a, a challenger. So you got that. You got Ryan Kelly, well above average center, is going to do very well. And then Braid Smith, the right tackle. Solid above average left tackle. They're going to pay him this offseason. Probably why they, they didn't spend a ton of money this offseason, because they want to keep money up for Smith. Then you look at the other two spots, right guard and left tackle. Right guard right now starts Mark Lewinsky, who – He bounced around. He was okay in Seattle. He's a guy. He's certainly beatable. And then left tackle is the the most important position. We still know what's going on over there. Everybody (laughs) thought they would draft one, maybe even the first round. They end up not doing that. They signed Sam Tevy, who was so bad that the Chargers immediately got Rashawn Slater because he was an immediate upgrade and let Tevy go. And then Eric Fisher, who's not even going to play until halfway through the, through the season starts, and he's coming off an Achilles injury. I mean, that's, you really don't know what you're getting with Eric Fisher. So I, one of them has to step up. If Tevi maybe can gel with the, the offensive line, then I could see this certainly being a top-ten unit, and then that's always going to be good for Wentz because most of the problems for Wentz always ended up being when he held the ball. And when he holds the ball, sometimes he invents pressure when he's not there. He starts bailing out of the pocket, doing all these ill-advised throws. So if you just keep him protected and keep You him- know, and,
1: and with him coming in, brand-new squad, we always talk about at the tight end as the quarterback's best friend. Jack Doyle's coming in. Can he be the guy that Carson Wentz can look to and have a really productive season? Or is somebody else going to step in? Uh, maybe, you know, Kylan Granson, You guys took like on the fourth. Is there anyone that can – that can really step up, or does Jack Doyle need to have that year to really give Wentz that that reassurance?
2: Well, I mean, he, Jack Doyle has to have that year. I just don't. I just don't think he will. Quite honestly, <laughs> Damn.
0: Uh,
2: he, I mean, he's, he's 31, and he hasn't had more than 500 yards receiving since 2017. So last year, he was healthy, mostly, and played 14 games. Last year, 23 catches. That, that's a far cry from. From Pro Bowler Jack Doyle. And let's look at the other two guys in there. You got Mo Alleycox, who we love. Him. He's a basketball player, great vertical, but he's not a starting tight end. He's a good backup tight end. And then you look at Granston, who, I mean, he was more of an H-back. Now, if you, that's just how they use him. That's me they line him up in the backfield and put him out wide because he was so big and so athletic. But, like, you're in this offense, you're going to have to play in line and block guys. And he's just not very good at that right now compared to. Some of the other things So I, I think if I had to put my money Anybody would eventually be Granson Once he beats up a little bit Learns how to block at this level But that might take a year or so So I'm, I'm really concerned Especially because we were talking about How pivotal they are to the passing game His, his <laughs> best weapon going to be What's left of Jack Doyle That's, You got to be a little concerned about that
0: In the first round you guys uh, Grabbed Pay. Were you happy with this pick? Do you feel like it was the right pick That they made?
2: Uh, I think there could have been some better picks, but, I mean, he, in my opinion, he was the best defensive end in the class. Anytime you get a chance to draft the best pass rusher in a class, you got to go take it. The problem being that I have with that selection, well, there's two things that have worried me a little bit. Number one being as good as he is athletically and versatile, going up everywhere, this is not a guy that had great production in Michigan. So, again, it's another gamble you got to take going, can we develop this guy? And that's a lot of developmental undertakings all at once. And then the second round, we were just talking, do they need a tight end? Do they need another wide receiver? Maybe a left tackle. Then they go and get Dale Edengbo, admittedly a freakish athlete, but he's coming off an Achilles injury. He's not only well, is he not going to play till November, but is he going to be a freakish athlete? Again? That's a serious injury. But so so I'm a little concerned about the way the edge rotation stacking up, but pay individually. I like a lot, especially if we just kind of coach him up a little bit, I think he can be a decade starter. Darius Leonard re-ups, obviously the centerpiece
1: of this linebacking core. Talk about what you guys have. That is the rest of it. It's kind of a who's who that can be the, the next guy, if you will. But who's who? Who should we watch out for? Who's going to be the guy that actually makes a name for himself in this linebacking
2: court? Well, the next starter because they're on most of their snaps are nickel, so two linebackers most of the time. The only other guy is going to be Bobby Okariki, and if I am nothing else, I am a Bobby Okariki fan. And now it's going to be tough because Anthony Walker was there for several years. They let him go. He leaves with Cleveland now. And now it's Okariki's job, but he's shown that he can handle stuff. He's forced turnovers, 137 tackles in two years, incredibly fast, flies to the ball, Stanford guy, smart guy. There's a lot to like about Okariki, but, again, it's that you finally got to see when the lights are on, and he's actually got to make it happen. But I like his potential. I like Zaire Franklin as a backup. I like EJ Steve as a backup, and obviously everybody knows how good Leonard can be when – I don't know if he's necessarily. I don't think he's the best linebacker in the league, but certainly top five, maybe top three. Especially when he's off ball and you just let him fly around the field like (laughs) the maniac he is. Uh, It's that. That's my biggest. He's good. Is Darius Leonard? I thought he was. I thought he was like a late fifth round pick. I did not like him, and he just emphatically proved me wrong. So I'm gonna keep giving him his props. He's he's
1: like Bobby Wagner to Seattle fans. When they took him in the first round, everyone was like, what the hell? And then now they're like, rose petals, rose petals.
2: Because <laughs> well, at the senior bowl, he was he showed up kind of skinnier. He was like 219 or something. He did not run well, and he kept getting he – he's a very pet senior bowl, so I'm like, oh, I guess he's just, you know, one of those FCS guys taking the fifth round and, you know, bounces around the league as a backup, and then he – not only does he start immediately, but he leads the league and tackles his rookie year, he's an all-pro. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I didn't get that one right. <laughs> <laughs> so, as long as he keeps proving me wrong, I'm going to keep giving, giving Darius Leonard to do.
0: As Vikings fans, me and Ryan have seen Xavier Rhodes be great and then fall into a slump almost the year after. Are you at all worried he's going to fall into a slump after having a pretty decent year last year?
2: Uh, well, there's always that possibility since we saw it happen in Minnesota and the fact that he <laughs> made a Pro Bowl that year. is, I, I have no idea how that happened. That, that, that might be the most egregious Pro Bowl selection I have ever seen. But he you looks know, a lot better in Indianapolis, mostly because like this this offense is just kind of let his defense, excuse me, it lets him do what he's good at at the position, just lets him get up on guys and move them around and be physical. And when Mike Zimmer let him do that in Minnesota, he was great. So he could take a little bit of a dip, especially because there's just a lot of moving parts and it might take a lot of time for the secondary to really gel. But individually, I thought he played well last year and there's no reason to expect he's going to take a huge dip in the wrong direction.
1: What's the thought process with the rest of the secondary core? Are they going to be able to hold up in this division and win you some games, or is there a little bit of concern?
2: I think they're good enough. It's a lot of the same guy. Malik Hooker is gone, but you got Julian Blackman back. You got Kari Wells back. You got Kenny Moore, who might be a top-five slot cornerback. You got him back. And then the, in addition to bringing in Sean Davis, who could fill a couple different roles as a backup, they got him in the draft. There's enough pieces here where you could at least breathe out a little bit. Now, if they, if they got to go into the Andre Chassere's and the, the Nick Nelson's of the world, T.J. Carey, if they start getting big a big snaps, then you'd, you you got to be a little concerned. But I like the starters here. As long as you like the starter, you like can feel so pretty good about yourself.
1: So, you know, kind of coming full circle, this team is it's it's got such an interesting vibe to it. Where everywhere you go with it, there's there's the positive, but then there's slight issues. But then it's back to the good. It's back to the bad, and you know it, it it's weird. And I'm I'm really excited to see the way that this team plays out as we get into the season. And as I say that to you, I'm really intrigued by your thoughts going into the season. Mike, what do you got
2: this team sitting at? I got 11 and six in a wild card team. Okay. And I know that it just sounds like I'm looking up all the problems, but one thing they got to benefit from is it's, it's a two horse race. It's them in Tennessee. I mean, you look at what Jacksonville's do. I mean, they got Trevor Lawrence and a couple really nice pieces, but you know, year one of a rookie quarterback, like, and the team was one of fifteen last year, so they're they'll be much improved because Trevor Lawrence is, you know, as perfect a prospect as we've seen in ten fifteen years, and then Houston is doing whatever they're doing. I've <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly, she doesn't Watson even guys. know what they're Supposedly... doing. <laughs> yeah, let's just sign thirty-five players to one-year deals, and let's just keep not commenting on Deshaun Watson. Oh, let's take Davis Mills for no reason, even though he was way overdrafted. drafted. Are we winning? Well, we're signing like thirty veterans, but we're also going to be bad. And we want to get the number one pick, but we also might have Deshaun Watson under contract. Like, what? Do you... <laughs> <laughs> that's what ha- that's what happens when you let. Uh, Joel Osteen, Jack Easterby, run your franchise, I guess. It's, it's they got so, uh, Kenneth like, Copeland, the televangelist, as their GM. <laughs> it's but it,
1: it's so true because, like, you have no idea. Like, there's no, there's no direction. Like, I'm, like, I'm legit scared. Like, part of the reason that we're doing the, all the AFC North teams last. Because we want to do the Vikings last. We want to do the NFC North. That's our team. You know, we're we're going to want to save that for, you know, people are going to want to hear that show because you've been a son of fan base, so we're going to save it for the end. But I'm scared to death is what I'm going to ask these,
2: who we bring out from the it's text. text. Like, I don't know what but I'm going to There's a video you could find online. I can't remember what it's from. He was doing like almost like a stand-up comedy routine about, like, Jesus come, like, about, like, the stations of the cross or something like that, and then Mm -hmm. I remember a guy asking him, because he did, he did, like, chaplain stuff for a bunch of different teams, including New England, uh, before this, he was like, what's the greatest comeback you ever saw or something like that, like, the greatest comeback was Jesus Christ coming back after the third day, it's like, if you hear your GM say that, you're like, bro, what are we... (laughs) I we, we, we,
1: we appreciate what you have to say, but what does it have to do with our football team? Like,
2: because when you got a guy like that at the top, I know he's not the GM right now, but when you got a guy like that at the very top and Cal McNair, another guy at the top like that, it's just going to percolate down. So even if some of these signings work out, they're still going to be a terrible team. So you play them twice a year. You play Jacksonville twice a year. I think that could be three or four wins, and then it's just you and Tennessee. I still think Tennessee's better, just because I thought the Titans were better last year. And then you add Julio Jones to the mix. That's who do you double? A.J. Brown or Julio Jones? Oh, we're gonna run Derrick Henry thirty times. So it, it, it's a you know lose-lose situation. But I like I like Indy for a nice eleven wins in a wild card spot, which might be disappointing to some because that's essentially a repeat of last year. Because I don't really see them getting past. The Titans or Buffalo or Kansas City or Baltimore and that division, but that's it, or that conference, excuse me, but that's that's kinda of where they're at right now.
1: Well, I mean I, I've seen crazier shit. When Jim Hurd took over WCW he wanted to trade change Ric Flair's name to Spartacus.
0: Oh um, my god, they should have. <laughs>
2: Luke? Yeah, it might be that's like an Easterby decision, but that, but that we were, the difference between that is Easterby would sit on Cal McNair and be like, oh yeah, let's well, just do it immediately, no debate. <laughs> and that's why the have been way a debate.
0: Are. Spartacus, no. bro.
2: Yeah, and then he left, to- then he went
1: to WWF for two years and brought their brought the WCW title with them and wore it on their television. So no, that was a terrible idea. Jim Hurd's an idiot. And then he then he said, no, I never wanted to call him Spartacus. We were going to call him the Zodiac Man, and that came straight out of his mouth. I was like, that's no better. This Ric Flair, Zodiac the greatest wrestler in the history
0: for wrestling. He's, he's not going to be man. after SummerSlam. <laughs> Ric Flair is not Zodiac the
2: Zodiac Killer. That's a horrible name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but John Cena is yeah. about to beat his record, so he's not he going to be the greatest wrestler. He's,
1: had, he, he's not going to get to 17. He's a part-timer. He no, no, he's going to gonna, gonna lose to your homie, the, the tribal chief or what? Why am I talking about WWE? WWE is the worst effing company in the – I hate – I don't even want to talk about it. You're going to put me in a bad mood. That company, okay. uh, well, I don't think Vince is going to come on the show after that now. No, that, that's okay. That's okay. Vince wouldn't like what I have to do anyway. <laughs> that's for sure. My God.
2: Oh, Oh, Vince. oh. <laughs> If he's listening to this, probably, knowing him.
1: Hey, Vince, how come you have your NXT champion on your Raw show and have him lose to Jeff Hardy? Talk about slapping your son-in-law in the face. God. Glad that, glad that he tried to
2: make Do you remember that scene in The Simpsons where Mr. Burns opens a casino and he's looking at, like, 50 cameras all day to the point where, like, never bathes or anything? That's what I think Vince is doing, like, all the time. gets like every TV channel like it ever be talking about him like on at once and he's like oh okay
0: <laughs>
1: vince i'm not a hard man to find man <laughs> hey mike man I'm, I'm so glad short notice you jumped out of here talking to this cult. Uh, i appreciate you as i you know messaged you last night like hey man sorry it wasn't much advanced but so i appreciate you doing that for us uh it was a big lifesaver um as as always, I ask him, plug everything you got for our listeners so they know where to read all of your great content because you've you been such a huge contributor in the last few months of this show. I want to make sure you get that recognition.
2: Yes, sir. So it's at by Mike Luciano for my personal page, and you'll see me all over fan-sided over there. If you just want the football stuff, you can go to Musket Fire, which is our Patriots stuff, and Horseshoe Heroes, which is our Colts site.
1: Mike, as always,
2: with the ministers and Michael Pittman propaganda. I think Paris Campbell hates us, too, because, like, every article we've done about, like, guys who need to step up and guys on their last chance, it's always Paris Campbell. It's like a big 10 negative one in row.
1: Maybe we could set up a tag match between us against Vince and Paris Campbell, and we can
2: we can take it
0: to him. As I think
2: if he's spraying his ankle jumping in, and then he's out for it. And...
0: Only if Spartacus is there. God bless America. With that being said.
1: Mike, thank as always, man. We'll be in touch again, and we'll have to talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Mike Luciano coming in here last minute, saving our week for the AFC with the Colts. Spartacus is the worst fucking thing I've ever heard of in my
0: entire life. You know what, fuck. It's a great fucking show. I, what? It's a great Spartacus. The show It's a great show. You should go watch it. What does it to
1: do with Ric Flair being called I, Spartacus?
0: I mean it doesn't I'm just saying You said Spartacus Is the worst thing You've ever heard And I said The show's not It's great, it's
1: great. You know I, I, I'm threatening I almost want to Throat punch you
0: Do it then but Little bitch
1: I can't I will, I'll see you I will. Sunday I'll fight no, your ass
0: I'm... At the twin stadium
1: Sunday The twin stadium It's called hey, hey bro field, Hey bro
0: How how many huh? games Does CP3 lose in a row Four
1: Yeah, shout out to Jordan for sending that TNC. head had ammunition with that.
0: That That's right.
1: That's right. You know what else is right? I'm gonna avoid the throw punch. I'm gonna go to this. Once again, brought to you by RepSports.com Use promo code WrestleCast Get 15% off of your order Man, I'm trying to do a plug That we get paid for it, And you're going to talk over it Jesus Lord, Lord Sports, we love you Don't, don't ignore this foolish imbecile Speaking of imbeciles It is eight to 8-8 eight after two weeks here On Three Strikes Coming in, Luke what do you want to do? You want to go first or second?
0: Mm, I'll go first.
1: All right. By going first, does that mean you're asking, or do you want to, you want to guess first?
0: I'll ask first. Okay. Right, you ready? I, I
1: kind of took it easy on you, by the way. I'm just gonna say,
0: but mine's easier. <laughs> All right. All right. Mine is the top ten NFL, NFL rushing, yards rushing yards per game, game leaders, leaders for their career.
1: Career rushing yard leaders per game. Okay. Um Emmett Smith.
0: That is your first strike. Are you kidding me? No. Emmett Smith oh. is sixteenth at eighty one point two yards per oh, game. Oh boy. Okay. Um, Barry Sanders. Jerry Sanders is number two with 99.8 yards per game.
1: Jim Brown.
0: Is number one with 104 yards per game. Walter Payton. Number six with 88 yards per game. Um, Eric Dickerson. Number four at 91 yards per game. Bo Jackson. That is your... Second strike.
1: Damn it! Where was he even oh, closed?
0: No, he is tied for. He's thirty second with seventy three oh, yards Jesus. per game.
1: Okay. Um. Oh god. I, I'm gonna go on after four,
0: aren't I? Um. Uh, your remaining ones. There's one that's. There's two that I think you'd get if you thought about it hard enough, but th- there's three on this list where I was like, what?
1: Is LaDainian Tomlinson on there?
0: That is your third strike.
1: Is Sean Alexander on there?
0: That's your fourth strike. Damn.
1: Wow. I was going to say Curtis Martin, too, but I didn't think he that's, would... that's number 10.
0: That's one of the ones where I was like, yeah, I don't know if you'll get that.
1: <laughs> Damn. Curtis Martin. Yeah, because I... He's like the number 5 rusher of all time Frank Gore's not in there
0: Uh, So you got number 1, you got number 2 Number 3 was Terrell Davis With Uh, 97.5 You got number 4 which was Dickerson Number 5 is Ezekiel Elliott With 90 yards per Mm. game Mm -hmm. Uh, You got 6 which was Walter Number 7 is Clinton Portis With 88
1: Okay, Portis that's a good one
0: Number eight is Delvin Cook with 86 yards wow. per game.
1: I didn't even think of that.
0: Yeah, that's one of the ones. And then number nine is Billy Sims, who played for Detroit for four years, who averaged 86 <laughs> yards per <laughs> game.
1: Never would have got that. No. What was it, Rashad?
0: Uh Curtis Martin.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I have for you uh, the NFL it's in, in all time
0: sack leaders. Ooh. Alright. Um Michael Strahan. Number six. Um Alan Page.
1: Uh not in the top twenty. That's first. Start. Really?
0: Um I think who else is a great sacker? Jesus. Bruce Smith?
1: Number one?
0: Um, He played for the Giants, right? No.
1: Bruce put it on the Bills.
0: That's what it was. I knew it was a red and blue team. Um, <laughs> um This one's hard. I'm going to say Reggie White, though, because he played Number for two. a while. Ooh. I now I don't know. Now I don't know. Uh, trying to think who's played a long time. I'm going to go out on a limb just because he played forever. Uh, Julius Peppers.
1: Yep, number four.
0: Damn, tight. Uh, John Randall?
1: Uh, Tied for 10, so I'll give it to you.
0: Oh, tight. Um, Lawrence Taylor?
1: Uh, No, number 14. That is two strikes. Jesus.
0: Um... I don't know why I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it. And I think I'm going to be wrong. Oh, uh, what the fuck's that dude's name, though?
1: Let's uh, try to pull it up on ESPN.
0: I'm not. What the fuck's the name of the dude who played for the Colts? Robert Cole. Robert Mathis, was that it?
1: Robert Mathis on number 19. Also, Dwight oh. Freedy could have been the one you were thinking
0: of. Oh, I knew it was one of them. I just couldn't remember which one.
1: Um. So you got Bruce Smith, Reggie White. Kevin Green was number three.
0: Damn, is that the dude that played for the Steelers, right?
1: Yep, Steelers and Panthers. He wrestled Steve Michael at Slambury in WCW. So did Reggie White. Um, number five was Chris Dolman for the Vikings. Okay. You got number six, Michael Strahan. Number seven was Jason Taylor. Okay. Number eight was Terrell Suggs.
0: Oh, I would have never guessed him.
1: Uh, number nine, DeMarcus Ware.
0: I would have never guessed him either.
1: And then title John Randall at number 10 is Richard Dent. Damn. And after him was Jared
0: Allen. What so Jared Allen.
1: That puts Luke up 13 to 12. So after week three, you have taken the lead on three strikes. Uh, where do you want to go next? Do you want to go to real MVP? you're my oh, real you to,
0: mvp <laughs>
1: or do you want to hit that mythical money
0: uh i'll let you choose
1: uh i got my mythical money already done so i guess i could i'm ready for that
0: if you want to do yours quick i'll have my i don't even know how much money i have left
1: <laughs> you haven't even done it yet
0: no all
1: right well you have so last week you bet $38,588.24 on Isla Makachev, uh, who won his fight to get you sixty-two twenty-three. Um, Then with the wash with Jamel Charlo, uh, where you got the money back, you're at $54,811.24.
0: That's right, I am, bitch.
1: Um, right now with Colin Morikawa winning the Open. No, he
0: didn't. Shut up.
1: That puts me at ninety three thousand seven hundred and twenty six dollars and forty three cents. As I am taking a commanding forty k lead.
0: Okay, um, I'll get it back.
1: <laughs> no, no, because you don't even you're not even prepared. so You don't even know what you're betting on. Um, so my picks. I am going to on a, on a. I'm going to take the Team USA Men's Soccer Team to win their Copa Gold match on the twenty fifth. Uh, against Jamaica, I'm putting 20k on them, which pays me out twelve thousand two hundred sixty nine dollars and ninety four cents. And then this weekend, I'm going to put five thousand on T.J. Dillashaw, as the underdog to win me seventy seven fifty. And then also as a big time underdog, I'm going to take Carlos to calm I'm going to bet a thousand on him to beat John Joyce, Joe Joyce, uh, to pay out four grand. So that is where I'm sitting out on my bet.
0: I'm just trying to figure out my last one. Hold on a second.
1: No problem. We can do Real MVP while you're figuring it out, if you
0: like. Yeah, we can. I have mine. Ready.
1: Real MVP this week coming at you. And I got a kind of a combination of the two. Uh The Seattle Kraken expansion team getting it done tonight. A lot of young players got some big defensemen, a lot of fun going in on that team. I I am excited. I truly am. Uh, It's a team that I'm going to be able to, to adapt with my son and we'll be able to develop and, you know, have something to root for at the same time. But uh, my other one, unfortunately Jordan had to go and ruin it in the group chat, but Sean Kemp's t-shirt that, that t-shirt was the real MVP at the Kraken uh, draft party because my God, you could see every crevice coming out of that shirt uh, that was trying to hold him in. uh The Rain Man, my God, I don't know what happened to you, but you are still the man to me. So, a combination two MVPs: the Seattle Kraken themselves and the Rain Man's Kraken T-shirt.
0: You're tight. <laughs> Uh, My real MVP this week is Giannis Antetokounmpo, who won his first NBA Finals MVP and Finals Trophy victory. Uh, Man averaged 36 points per game in the finals, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, uh, and he led his team to victory.
1: Uh, Do you have your picks
0: you want? Yes, I do uh, have my picks. I do uh, have my picks. How much money did you say I had?
1: Uh, fifty-four thousand eight hundred and eleven dollars and twenty four cents.
0: Perfect. I'm only spending like twenty thousand this week. Okay. Um, so my first bet is I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a thousand down on Dustin Johnson to win this weekend uh for golf. Uh that pays out seven thousand five hundred. All right. Oh shit. And then I'm gonna put ten thousand down on Anthony Fowler to beat Roberto Garcia this weekend for the title, or to maintain the title, I should say. And then what that one's that? that pays out only five hundred. God, what is that for? I just want that extra five hundred dollars. <laughs> okay. And then I'm putting ten grand down on John Isner to beat.
1: John Eisner, the tennis player?
0: That's it. There you go. Um, and then that pays out $2,205. <laughs> All
1: right. go going save pets here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I
0: am. I need to catch up somehow. I'm hoping one of your like risky ones don't pay off.
1: Mm, doesn't matter. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Power Fives, you know, move away. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, bitch! Power's not changing no way, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, we kind of talked the the Kraken expansion. I don't want to dive deep dive into it yet. I want to save it because Friday's the draft. Obviously, you know Owen Power, Manny veneers top two picks potentially. So it'll be interesting to see what the Kraken does then. Next week is free agency starting, I believe, on the 29th, day after we go on the air. But I feel like they have a lot of picks that are in play where they don't, they made moves to make moves. And I don't want to evaluate the team until I know going into the free agency next week because we'll be on before their free agency. So I want to preview, I want to go over their roster next week. Okay, But I, I don't know what they're going to have for money to spend, what they may try to spend. If they're going to make any trades, what's going to happen on the draft on Friday. So there's a lot of questions to be asked. So with that being said, I want to save the Kraken. Um,
0: for the Krakenators.
1: <laughs> for next week. But I mean, that's kind of all I got, man. Like, I, I mean, we could talk in the finals, but it's... You know the NBA gets so talk to you to death you can find on platform to do it. We got our
0: we got our NFL picks.
1: Oh yes, okay. I knew there was something I was forgetting. Let's drop our picks before we sign off here tonight. Uh week nine, Jets at the Colts. Colts. I am gonna go Colts as well. Browns at the Bengals. Browns. I'm going to go Browns as well. Broncos at the Cowboys. Cowboys. I'm going to go Broncos in an upset. Uh, Texans at the Dolphins.
0: Dolphins.
1: I'm going to go Dolphins as well. Uh, The Falcons at the Saints.
0: I'm going to go Saints. I'm
1: going to go Saints as well. Uh, The Raiders
0: at the Giants. I don't die Don't I have the rate of The Giants Like Eight and one I think so yeah huh. um, I'm gonna go Giants <laughs> Hey man They might be your Super Bowl winner When it all said Demps here. <laughs> uh, Patriots at the Panthers Um, The Panthers
1: I'm gonna go Panthers As well uh, Bills at Jaguars Bills. Um, Vikings at the Ravens.
0: Ooh, that one's hard. I'm gonna go am I'm gonna go Vikings. I'm gonna go Ravens.
1: Uh Chargers at the Eagles. Chargers. I'm gonna go Chargers as well. Um Packers at the Chiefs. Chiefs. I'm gonna go Chiefs as well. Cardinals at Niners.
0: Cardinals.
1: I'm going to go Cardinals as well. Titans at the Rams.
0: The Rams.
1: I'm going to go Rams as well. And then the Bears at the Steelers. Steelers. I am as well. I tell you what, that's one thing to bring up too real fast. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was offered a contract to be the highest paid player in the history of the NFL. And he said, no, I don't want to play for you guys. 'cause he's fucking
0: tight.
1: <laughs> I mean, what like what happens here, man?
0: I think they're going to just hold him and lose out. If they were smart that they should tra- they should trade him. They should get something for him, whether it's to Denver, to Oakland, to Washington, to fucking 30 teams that don't have a someone named Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes on their team. <laughs> um I mean- but see, fair Ravens ain't trading for him. No, and and I'm sure, uh, like I don't think Jaguars
1: it, ain't trading for him.
0: No, and I don't I don't think the Bears are trading for him because they got Justin Fields. But I mean Cardinals ain't trading for him. No, yeah, you could argue there's 20 teams though. Like if they called the Vikings right now and they were like, hey, we'll give you whatever, it's like you would take him over Kirk Cousins.
1: I I think. For the most part, but it depends what comes with it.
0: Yeah, and then like the Lions would trade for him, you know, and I'm oh, sure, yeah. I'm sure the the like, I'm trying to think, like Denver would, Oakland would, um, you could, or San Francisco would. You think um, the Saints would? The Saints would. Uh, I'm trying to think who else there is. I mean, the like, Chargers think... aren't going to do it. No, I think Tennessee would even do it, even with Tannehill. I mean... Yeah,
1: I do, too. So, I mean, they're, no. they're definitely his teams. It's just... Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, man, shit or get off the pot, I just... I don't think he no. can...
0: No, I think he's gonna... He's gonna hold out. I don't think he's gonna play. They're gonna fine him, and he's just gonna say whatever, and then they're gonna try to trade him next year before the draft, um, and they're just not gonna get as much for him. They're just... Someone will tr- trade for him, but so, it's going to be a team that finishes, not in, like the top ten picks, where they're not going to get like a top ten quarterback.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So someone like maybe like the Saints, who are probably going to like finish mid mid season this year, or like Washington or something like that. But
1: it's going to be interesting, man. I'm ex- I, I, I'm I'm curious to see how it goes. Like I really am. Um, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Um, it'll be fun to see how this goes. Um, but I mean, I don't I don't, know. I don't. I don't really have anything else tonight.
0: I don't either. I do not either. Nothing What's for that- you, Ryan. Nothing exciting <laughs> has happened in the sports <laughs> world this week. So with
1: that being said, let's. Uh, we'll. We're going to call it a week. Um, I do have breaking news that we will hopefully be able to break down tomorrow night. Uh, Tomorrow night. I look, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, Alex is very busy. You know, he's, he's the, the head of ad getting ads and everything for his, his city's newspaper. Now he's, he's balling out hard. So like, that's why we have a lot of Russell cast and I get it. I'm not mad at him. You know, he's eating, he's doing great, but I may come on tomorrow cause I'm going to reach out to some people to get some, some answers and some things down in but This broke about seven o'clock tonight. Um, I need to get it fully confirmed, but from what I've, from the people I've talked to, it is confirmed. This isn't sports related and I apologize, but, um, you know, part of the reason I have avoided Twitter is in case something happens as as soon as tonight, man. Um apparently the American Dragon Brian Danielson or those that know him as Daniel Bryan has uh, officially signed a contract with All Elite Wrestling.
0: AEW AEW
1: <laughs> So there's a chance that he is show he showed up tonight. I'm going to have to just find out. I'm going to watch it now while I'm playing some MLB the Show. Luke, uh, oh. Luke, are you going on Xbox or are you just ditching out again?
0: I might go to bed. I gotta be up at 6.
1: That's totally fair. I was just, last night you just left and I was like,
0: frick. Well, fuck. And you just left. You were like, I'm getting out of the party. I'm a little I, bitch.
1: No, but I didn't leave. I was I was doing that because I was going to send you a message and be like, hey, let's play something.
0: And then oh. I texted you and you
1: didn't even answer. And oh, was I was crazy. already I was
0: I was in bed. I signed off and I went to sleep.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's not a bigger trash thing. <laughs> Um,
0: Trash, dick. Oh, what are we doing yeah. for the Twins game, everyone? Do we know?
1: I think it's me, you, Jordan, Isaiah, and then we're gonna go get
0: some burgers after.
1: Yeah, that's what I was asking. Are you just coming over here then?
0: Uh, I I think I'm gonna just drive. Maybe I'll just meet you at your house and we can get an Uber together to the stadium.
1: That's what I was thinking makes the most sense because you can. I have two bathrooms, two showers. You can come over here, then we can just go to work in the morning. Four minutes from my
0: house. No, yeah, we can take. I'm gonna take a huge deuce in your toilet.
1: That's fine. I got two of them. But then, then, oh. then you can then you can uh, enjoy the amazingness that is burgers and beer, beers and bottles, or burgers and bottles. Um, okay, so, I, the, so that's the plan. So um, I got to jump. Mike Luciano, uh, our our gentleman from the Cowboys, is uh, they're Not Mike Luciano. What am I thinking? Lu, uh, Lucas Mantrin. i got to get a hold of him. Um, he's running his, he's got his show on Sunday morning and I need, I'm jumping on it with him. Um, so I'm going to be, uh, be doing radio with him, but I told him I need to be done by like noon. So that way we, uh, we can leave here, you know, hopefully no later than noon.
0: All right. Sounds good.
1: So, uh, but yeah, um, I, you know, I'm going to do something tomorrow night, regardless, you know, hopefully I have Alex with me, but if not, I understand, but I want to get, get down on this. Uh, apparently Brian Danielson has signed with all elite wrestling. Uh, this is on top of the news that came out today. that CM Punk apparently is going to sign with all elite wrestling. So I mean, it's just, you're taking a backseat point. Uh, so we got to get a WrestleCast cast. Hopefully we can drop freedom on tonight. Otherwise, Uh, Friday night, 10 p.m. Central Time, twitch.tv forward slash Radio. Come and join the fun of the Royal Rose Tournament, that Royal Rose Festival we have going. Um, Otherwise, we'll be back next week. Two more AFC and NFC South teams as we will continue our previews. That being said, myself and Luke Gilbert, we are out. Peace out.